Hello there. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. A hot, sultry Key Largo. Getting ready for our going out for a bang this uh, summer season with Labor Day just rolling around the corner. In Key Largo, we get uh, a big boost from the people from the mainland coming down here. And right now, when you, it's interesting when you go into local retail establishments. I mentioned to my wife, when you go in, there's only, there, there are, there are, you know, other people here, but so many locals. I guess without the extra people around, you see, you, you, everyone you're seeing is someone that lives in the area. And you just run into them, and it's not so crowded, and you can stop and talk. So now it seems as if, with even the supermarkets, not as one well, one supermarket, we go to Publix. And I wanted to tell you this story about that after I'm done that, and then this could be a little longer episode, but it's really, I don't know, I think it's fine, kind of interesting down here. But to get back to that. Yes, you run into people, it's not so busy, everyone down here seems to be a local, and when it's not so busy, people don't feel that much of a hurry to get in line because the lines are so short at the checkout, and you're not, you, you're not dealing with an onrush of people coming down the aisles, and things like that. To get back on that thing so I can remember, uh, the local shopping center here, is Tradewinds Plaza in Key Largo, and there's it's at mile marker 101.6. Every track, everything off Overseas Highway by its mile marker, starting up on the mainland about mile marker 126, going down to mile marker zero in Key West. So, at mile marker 101.6 is Tradewinds Plaza. They used to have a Publix. A, K- a Kmart as the two anchor stores in the shopping center, which was a big deal down here because, you know, there was no other place to go, really. There were other stores, yeah, but there were the two big ones, right? And then you had a uh, hair salon, a barbershop, liquor store, a couple restaurants, DMV, public library, and uh, a tax place, a budget clothing store called Bells, spelled B-E-L-L-S or something like that, but it's shaped like a bell, one of the letters. So, we all know what happened to Kmart. Kmart's no more. There may be one rest, um, one department store, Kmart, open in the United States or a couple, but ours closed this past year. And lo and behold, the Publix is moving into their space. Originally, you thought they were just going to take it over, gut it, and put it in. It was a bigger area inside, and they were just going to turn it into a supermarket. But as it turns out, uh, I think pretty much they kept one wall up. You have to keep one wall up or two, someone told, one of the building guys down here said, if you keep one wall up, it's not necessarily considered a completely new construction. 
So they're going to put, build another Publix there, and they're going to move from their current location to the other end of the shopping center to a larger one, which I found that interesting. I don't see the business necessity for that, but supposedly they, they want to build a bigger, they want to have a liquor store in there and have a different design for it. I mean, off-season, the the, part, uh, the supermarket we have in season, it's super crowded. Out of season, it's underutilized. So figure if you meet in between, it's a profitable public. So they're just going to build a bigger one there. And I don't know how that works. You're going to be putting all that money into new construction. So you're going to have to realize a certain amount of profit to do that. Now... I did mention on previous episodes they're going to put another public south, and uh, they're attempting to put another uh, public south, but there's some pushback from the community. Just really interesting. And then someone mentioned to me that it's a policy of publics to try to. Uh, I don't know if this guy was on the up and up, but it was a gentleman that was going to the meeting they were going to have about building the new publics out this shopping center I mentioned and he, and I mentioned, well, why would they do that? Why would they build another one when they have one new Publix 20 miles South and they're going to build a new one up here? Why would they need another one 10 miles in between? Cause we have a limited population off season. I mean, it would be dead, 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 dead. And oh my gosh, I can't, I can't imagine what would happen to, I mean, I guess they have to know uh, what I don't know about supermarkets would fill volumes. But, I mean, just from a cursory review of profit and warehousing, I mean, warehousing a certain product, they'd have to, some of them would spoil and stuff like that. How are they going to keep all these places busy enough? They get the product to move through because, you know, they have seafood in there. They have meats, you know, the deli and all this stuff. And, you know, you have to have a certain amount of volume. And off-season, there's not a lot of people here. And off-season down here has worked out to be about maybe four or five months out of a year. Or, so that leaves about eight, nine months where it's busy. But we shall see. On to other subjects. Recently, I've been having a spate. And I had this during uh, COVID. I think it was COVID. Or right prior to COVID, I had uh, some... I hesitate to call it insomnia. Because it's after I wake up. I have no problem going to sleep. As soon as early as five minutes after my head hits the pillow, I'm asleep. It could be less than that. So I'm just picking that target. That. But because I'm, I'm approaching 60, you know, even though I don't look it, I have to get up. They're about 3, 4 in the morning to go and use the bathroom. Most times when I have to do that, I go right back to sleep. I wake up, take care of business, go back to sleep. Recently... I wake up and I have different, there's just this 
different symptoms going on. I mean, I call it symptoms, but it was just different characteristics of staying awake. Uh, one of the times I woke up, I just felt an electricity running through my body like I was awake. It was buzzing, right? Other times, I have something on my mind, and the mind won't rest. Now that buzzing, the body buzzing, that's physically. Physically, I feel I'm up, I'm wide awake, and I go, holy shit. How did that happen with the wide awake? With the brain buzzing and you think, you're thinking about stuff, that's just like a weariness. It's trying to tell your brain to shut up and just go to, you know, it's, you know I'm going to think about this tomorrow. But it says, nope, I'm going to make you think. And then uh, other times it's just a general... Just lay up, and you're going to say, I'm not going to go to sleep. And I'm really not thinking about anything anyway. So there's kind of like three different things. And it's not a discomfort um, that's keeping me awake. It's not a pain. It's not a back pain or anything like that. So I try. Like many people, I try to treat it some ways. Now, I can't really treat it with anything that helps me sleep because... I have no problem going to sleep. Now you say, Jim, you may have a problem going back to sleep. Well, I don't really want to take anything about two and a half to three hours before I have to wake up. Or I like to wake up. Because I don't want to, you know, I'd rather take it later if that was the symptom. If that was the issue, I would just take it at the beginning of the night and I would just sleep through the rest. But that isn't the issue. I guess I can do something. There's some problem in mild form. I can do it. I can relax a little more. Uh, but generally, what I've tried is used uh, sleep meditations, breathing techniques. The breathing techniques come from counting breaths, measure breath, breathing in like three times, breathing, uh, deep breathing through the nose and exhaling through the mouth, doing one, you know, counting breaths, one, two, three, and counting out, one, two, three. Or listening to your breathing. Or um, anything of a number of things. Taking a binaural uh, sound thing. Playing uh, uh, forest sounds and things like that. And they work from varying degrees, but it's generally just a hardship and if any time, this is my body speaking, when I get less than five hours sleep, it's significant. It's a, it has significant effect on me. Yesterday, when I taught my class, I was just, my spin class, I was just dog shit. And I had time, I wanted to do the show, but I, would, I had to take a nap during the day in order to do the show. Now, I, would have been, I was able to do other things. But I can't focus. I have a really hard time focusing with that. So I'm just trying different things. And I've been suggested, I was speaking to someone, they were saying, use, use rocking, do some humming, you know, uh, like you would to a baby. I'm going to try it. And for years, I had been under, and I think I'm repeating myself, but to go with these sleep problems, I had been under the impression that you can't eat late because that will keep you up. And whenever, you know, I mentioned in the previous shows, 
that. I stopped eating, and then I said, you know what, I'll eat later. And that seems to help a bit. It, once again, any of those things really shouldn't have messed up my sleeping habits because I've had no problem going to sleep. Now, with insomnia, people just can't go to sleep, and I had that years ago. So I'm just going through all the, the mixture of remedies for that. Um, I'm even considering getting up and eating in the middle of the night because that seems to make me sleepy. If I get eat some bread or something like that, I might try that again. You know, stash a peanut butter sandwich in the fridge, not bedside. So I will report to you on how that's working. Uh, I did, what I do, how I treat it, if I do have an extra hour or so, I, I don't like taking a nap in the middle of the day. That's just like, and that makes me feel super, 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 super senior. Yeah, super old. Okay, before we end the show, and I'm not going to end the show right now because I wanted to talk about one other thing that was on my mind. Uh, one of the bars that I used to frequent up in Philadelphia, and I used to spend a lot of time, I mentioned to people before when I was drinking, I really enjoyed spending time in bars and just talking to people. I understand that's a problem because you're in a bar, you're drinking. Some people don't drink that much. Some people just have like a, a drink or two. They don't necessarily, I, as we've discussed in previous episodes, uh, not everyone who drinks and most people that drink don't have a issue with alcohol. But I had an issue with alcohol, but I also had enjoyed my time hanging out with people in bars. I have a tendency, I like discussing things with them. I even at the, one of my, my favorite bars was McGeehan's Bar at Cotman and Cottage in Philadelphia in the Northeast. And it was at, uh, on a, off a major, uh, major road in the city, a street in the city. And it was frequented by the people in the neighborhood Mayfair. And uh, it was a lot of cops and firemen and their families and other people in the neighborhood. People that grew up together, went to school, they hung out together. A lot of the uh, young people would go vacation together down the Jersey Shore and other places. Just hang, just general hangout. We'd, it'd be a meeting place before we went and did something else. You know, before a wedding before a party, whatever, it was a meeting place. And it was a place to hang out. We used to have great St. Patrick's Day parties, Labor Day weekend, this weekend coming up, which is interesting because they, uh, they just, um, that would have been this, I think it would have been this weekend. It would have been their half-ball tournament. And they close off the street and they play half-ball. And half-ball is where they take a um, rubber ball cut in half and they use a broomstick and it's what's a more suitable game to play in an urban environment because you're hitting a half a rubber ball so people didn't get all freaky about it hitting their cars 
And they're very hard to hit, a half ball, because the way that it would sail through the air, and you're using a much smaller bat, a broomstick. And, you know, be drinking all day. St. Patrick's Day, we'd have, I, I would, I guess I could probably say now, they were always overcrowded on St. Patrick's Day. There was really only one exit there. So if anything were to happen, that would have been an issue. I mean, I guess there was a door in the back, but everyone would head to the front, I think. And, I mean, it would be crammed. It would literally be crammed. It would be like elbow, elbow to elbow. I mean, I was going to say asshole to elbow, and I just did. So I'm going to have to check this explicit. And people say, well, this guy's foul mouth. So what? Uh, but really, it was a lot of fun things happened there. A lot of fun things. One time I went in there uh, after a night out, and it was uh, during the week. And what I saw was one, uh, several of the regulars with a big silver bowl of warm or hot water and uh, shaving the head of another regular with a disposable razor blade. And uh, I just knew there was going to be a good story. It was a good story. It just, I'm not going to tell that story. That's something to my own. I'm sorry to hold it back, but I don't really remember exactly the story. Just saying some people thought it was a good idea. The guy, the drunk guy, who I won't say his name, because the people at the McGee's know who he is. The guy's passed away now. Um, and I think when his, he came home, one of um, his his uh, his brother, or was it his brother? I think it was his brother, or no, his cousin, was coming to visit his mother, who was his cousin, his mother, was um, actually his mother was the grandmother of the gentleman who came over to visit her and she goes hey get a load of this asshole referring to her son who had a head, shaved head and he was a when he wasn't drinking the guy was one of the most intelligent guys you'd ever want to uh, meet very intelligent brutally intelligent but when he was drunk, he was just another drunk uh, asshole. In the funniest of ways. But this past Sunday was the last day after 93 or 97 years. 93 years. Of continuous business. McGeehan's, I think, under the same family. And uh, from from the late 1920s till yesterday or two days ago and it was the last May is when I this past May and when I went at the visit I did stop by and visit there now there there's no reason to visit there there's no reason to go to that neighborhood because everything has changed there's nothing to really... I can go for a quick sightseeing tour, but there's no place to stop now. 
all the places I worked have changed, places I lived, places I went to school. Um, some people are sad about that, but that's the way things happen. What I'd like to wrap up with today is they're on one of my favorite groups that I belong to on Facebook. Two things. And I just find it interesting. When I talk to people at my bar and they come in, we, we get in conversations how restaurants have a hard time finding people. And people say, people just don't want to work. And I always disputed that. I always disputed that. I said, what other means of support are they going to have other than not working? And I guess I'm just not that adept at working the social safety net system here in the United States because I just don't think, at least in Florida, there is a means of not working and getting paid adequately and able to afford just the basic, a basic middle class lifestyle, lower middle class lifestyle. I mean, the social uh, support network in the United States will allow you to have a modicum of sustenance, but it won't, no, no luxury of really living any, any life where you get to do anything other than eat and look for a job. So I always dispute it and say, what is, what are people going to do if they're not going to work? You know, they don't get paid for not working. And some people say, yeah, you do. You get, you have kids and you can get, money for each of the kid. I don't know anybody personally like that. I've seen people around that might, I haven't seen working or don't know if they're working. I just haven't seen them at a job. But that doesn't mean they don't work. But there are a lot of places that are missing people, right? So with that in mind, that means there's a, a demand, especially in a tourist destination such as Florida Keys for employment. There's a demand for workers, not a demand for employment. And you could pretty much go in there with very little experience and get a job. And with that in mind, I don't understand how on one of the forums I belong to, and this is a phenomenon across the United States, where people don't have enough people to work, that some restaurant owners are coming up with more creative ways to pay uh, the back of the house. The back of the house, I always felt, was the hardest positions to fill. And prior to recent memory, we used to have a lot of people who of questionable immigration status who could fulfill roles in the back of the house that people in the United States or U.S. citizens were, weren't willing to fill. And they did a very, if not excellent job, an adequate job. So we had that for the longest time and until last four years, we acutely, acutely saw a shortage and back in the house, trying to get people to work there. And it seemed to be less and less people to go around. You can advertise, you can do this, but 
they'd come in, we get them, they work for um, a couple months and then they move on someplace else, do something, decide not to come in. One guy wouldn't come in and he would just call in, say, I'm not coming in today. No explanation. Other people wouldn't call in and then show up and then, you know, ask for, you know, ask for a, a payday loan from their employer in order to come back and they'd give them the song and dance and not show up or have some kind of problem. So now on one of the forums, someone decided that, well, front of the house will start tipping 10% of their sales, the food sales, to the kitchen. I don't have, I had to respond to this. I had to respond to that. I don't have a problem with a business owner creating a policy that the employees have to follow. What problem I have is them expecting the employees to follow it without any pushback. Now, if someone decided they were going to give me a, a pay deduction, and a pay, it is a pay deduction by giving away your tips if your tips is part of your income, right? And it is if you're in front of the house. And you're giving away 10% of your food sales to that. Now, traditionally, people in the back of the house are paid more. They're paid an adequately hourly wage in order to... To work there. They don't get tips and are exposed to the, uh, the customers. Now, what I posted was to the person that said, is this reasonable? I said, no, it's not reasonable. If you had gone to a place and they've already instituted this, if it's already there, it's in place, 10%, then you can either choose to work there or not work there. But once they try to institute it. It's a pay reduction to the people in the front of the house. Now, what the people, I didn't have time to really write this into the article. What the restaurant is probably assuming is say the people do so well out front, they're not going to quit and get another job because of a pay deduction, because they're making so much money anyway. But what they're doing is they're trying to give a pay increase to someone else by deducting money from another person. And they won't have to um, they they won't have to deduct it. They won't have to show it. They they can give someone a pay increase. They don't have to it, it will not come out of the owner's pockets and things like that. And I said to the people uh, the person that posed the question, I says, you have every right not to. Every right not to want to do that. And, and I would say no to tell. And, and I'd say, well, listen, um, I'm going to look for a job. And when I get the job, I'm going to give you a two-week notice. And that wouldn't be his retribution. It's just the wrong policy. Another one, I saw a posting. It said a young, young person, high school student, 16 years old, working in a restaurant. As we notice, there's a lot of younger people in the, working in the economy now. They're working, some of them working very hard. Very hard. Very tough jobs. There's people that work at our local supermarket. And these young people never really worked jobs like that prior to that. I, um, 
I did a lot of uh, lawn mowing and snow shoveling and things like that. And then I worked in catering my senior year of high school as kind of a, a, a server busser. But they, these kids worked very hard. And this person posted that they had, um, they were going to school and they had a lot of work at the end of the week and most of their homework comes in at the end of the week and they asked to only work three days from Wednesday to Saturday. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's four days. And what they ended up doing is putting them on Wednesday to Sunday. That's five days. And on the weekends, 20 hours, the person's working 30 30 something hours a week. I I had to respond to that. I said, listen, your full-time job is school. Your your part-time job is your part-time job. It's your second priority. And if they don't recognize that you're a student and you need to go to school, you could end up having to work in a restaurant <laughs> the rest of your life. It's a conundrum, isn't it? So it it's funny how people seek solutions and they just think you're not going to question that. I did have years ago when I was in, in college and I was working at a factory, they gathered us to have a meeting when they had a big push, when, when it, it was... Um, one of the clients of the factory, we, uh, they served, it was a company that manufactured for businesses. And the, the company had a big order coming through and they said for the next couple weeks, they're going to um, ask us to work about 10 to 20 hours more a week. And people say, you know, they were had a problem with that. They're saying, you know, they, some people had plans, some people had vacations and things like that. Some people were happy just to work 40 hours a week. And the supervisor who was running the meeting said, listen, we're going to pay you overtime. And I had to raise my hand. I said, you have to, after 40 hours, you have to pay us overtime. That's the law in this state. I don't know where you come from. So that caused a little... Um, but it'd be, it's very interesting how some people think they're entitled because they employ you to make requests of you. Now, I understand employer em, employees make requests of employers. They do have the, you, you do have the right to that. And the employer does have the right to request things from employees. But there is a power dynamic in play when it comes to an employer requesting something from a, an employee. That doesn't exist when the employee is asking the employer. So there's kind of a unannounced, unspoken form of intimidation, meaning maybe you should do this for us. It'll affect your employment here if you don't. But I suggest to people nowadays, since there's so many people and there's a new term out there now, it's called quiet quitting. If you haven't heard it, quiet quitting is people 
that are unhappy with their jobs and what they do is they decide to just not put in the effort anymore. Just mail it in. And I guess they can kind of do that. I'm not of the ilk. If you're accepting money for a job and you agreed to do the job, and you agree, you're getting paid to do the job you got hired to do. You should do it well. You should do it well. So I'm not in agreement with quiet quitting. I'm the only other the only quitting I'm agreeing with is like when you say I'm I'm giving you notice. I know, or if you have a good relationship, you're going to say, "Listen, I'm I'm thinking of moving on. I'm going to start looking for another job." And if you have that kind of relationship with your employer, you can do that. I would hesitate to tell anyone to say that because a lot of employers would just reactionary just fire you on the spot. Would fire you on the spot if you don't have that close relationship. I would be wary, and don't do it. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, the only time you could do it is if you have some kind of, you know, something to fall back on. That's all I have for uh, this week or this this day. I shouldn't say this week because I'm going to be back most likely on Thursday. And hopefully I'll be well rested by then. I hope I have found the key to a peaceful night's sleep. And I hope you do, too, whatever your system is for going to sleep and staying asleep and getting rest. Oh, one of the things I did, I neglected to say, is I had a, some tendon, tendonitis in near my elbow, but it's not my elbow. It's not a tennis elbow because it's not my elbow. It's the tendons around it, below it. And I've been using a, some kind of a, a brace there, and it seems to be working. And uh, the, so when that was going on, I, I stopped working out. And I think that could be affecting it, too. So today I went, I, I worked out the day before, maybe for an hour and 10 minutes. And today I was in there for, gosh, a little over two hours and 15 minutes doing different cardio and weights and um, a cardio class, uh, another someone else's spin class. And hopefully... That exercise will pay dividends tonight when I try to sleep. I hope you get a good night's sleep, and I hope you take care of yourself. Thank you very much. This is Jim the Keys Bartending. Tender. Tender. I was going to say bartendee, but that would be incorrect. Have a good day. Bye.